0: Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website—the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs—and you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then, what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So, sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com/timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com/forward/slash/timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, Anne Bogle joins me. She's got, of course, a popular book, list uh several of them actually and her reading guides they've established her as a tastemaker among readers authors and publishers she's the author of the recently released book reading people so if you're listening to this as we are recording this as it airs it's it's recent it's reading people how seeing the world through the lens of personality changes everything and she hosts the podcast what should i read next i am an avid reader and uh this book uh you know it goes through different personality types it's just really really cool um, and we get dive into that and a whole lot more in this conversation. So here is my conversation with Ann Bogle on the Productivityist Podcast. I'd like to welcome Ann Bogle to the Productivityist Podcast. Ann, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you're an avid reader, I take it. <laughs> Sort of start yeah. like that. It's like, it's pretty obvious when you, I mean, you've got these book lists and reading guides. What got you into, I, I want to talk about before we dive into the book, because we want to talk about reading people, but I want to talk about a person who reads a reading people, which would be you. What, what got you, like, have you always been an avid reader? And then what, what kind of pushed you into the, the place of, I want to share this so that more people can kind of get a sense of, of, of finding like really good books to read themselves.
1: Well, I love the way you're calling me avid because my husband usually said addicted. So thank you for that positive spin. I just always have been, you know, that's a really good question. And part of me wants to say, well, my dad read me um, The Monster at the End of this book and... Who's, who stole the apple. I don't actually know the real name of my favorite book as a kid because my dad never called it by its right name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I could attribute it to that, but so many parents read to their kids and those kids don't grow up to be readers. And so many kids who were never read to as children grow up to fall in love with reading. So I don't really know. But um, I'm happy to say that it's always been my favorite, my favorite hobby, my introverted coping mechanism of choice, my favorite rainy day activity it goes way
0: back. And so that led to, I mean, you've written written this new book, Reading People, uh, which is not about people who read. Let's, I mean, well, it could, it could be there's no real way to know because it's very, you know, very subjective, but I'm sure that, but it's reading people, how seeing the world through the lens of personality changes everything. And I just had Gretchen Rubin on the show not too long ago. And of course, she's the author of The Four Tendencies, which is a somewhat of a personality test, I would say. She would Ah, uh, we had that discussion actually, where she's like, "Well, it's more about how you how you uh, would approach obligations." In this book, you go over several different per- like w- like almost like the different types of personality tests that people would take. I'm, I'm simplifying it, of course, being a bit reductive, and then how you can kind of uh, relate with these people, right? Yes,
1: and I love Gretchen. That's a lot of fun, actually. She came on my podcast, What Should I Read Next? And we talked about the four tendencies in fiction. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. And I hear what you're saying. Like, it's not the four tendencies captures one aspect of something that is true about a human being. It's not necessarily a personality assessment, but I do think it functions in the same way. It gives you a way to step back and take a look at something that you do or a way that you think and see it in a new way, and then bring those fresh eyes back out into your real life you're living. And I think that can be so helpful. And in fact, one of the frameworks is what I call them. I talk about in reading people is Elaine Aaron's, theory of high sensitivity, that there are high, highly sensitive people whose nervous systems are way more finely tuned than 80 to 85% of the population. And that is a physiological fact. It's not truly something about your personality, but I feel like it functions in the same way. You have this tool that gives you a better... a bit of self-awareness that changes the way you see yourself and interact with others. It's a big deal.
0: So uh, it's funny you mentioned that particular chapter and that particular component, because my wife went through this book as well. She tends to, at this point, she's, now that she's doing a lot of the booking of the guests, she tends to go through Mm -hmm. the books as well. And she, the one passage that's highlighted, there's a lot of dog ears in here, of course, but Uh, she's like, when HSPs get overwhelmed, their overworked nervous systems shut down because they can't take the strain any longer. I don't think that highlight was for me to go, hey, (laughs) I think it's more for me to look at and go, oh, all right, honey. Uh, (laughs) But what, like, how long have you been, when I talked to Gretchen, one of the things was I I said, you know, like, she came from like the happiness project to the four tendencies, which Uh seems like a, a, a... it's it's kind of like for those people who've seen like Star Wars, The Last Jedi versus The Force Awakens. It's like you were given this path and all of a sudden you like took a complete right turn in another direction that no one expected. You know, what what brought you to the idea of like, I want to look at personal like I want to look at personality types and then, you know, kind of get wrap my head around them a bit more? Because that's what that's what's going on in this book, right?
1: Yes. And I get what you're saying. Um, on the surface, you think, okay, English major. and personality. What, what happened there? But one of the reasons I love to read is that especially fiction, but nonfiction too, is that when you enter a story, you get to experience the world through somebody else's eyes in a way that you don't in your everyday life. You get fully immersed in somebody else's world with new characters and new settings and often impossible situations. And, you know, Those characters have to find a way forward and they do it in a way very different than you would in circumstances very different from yours. And that is something I love about fiction. There's that great quote, I think it's George R. R. Martin, who says a reader lives a thousand lives, the man who reads only one. And I love that aspect about fiction. And then nonfiction shows me so much about so many things that are outside the realm of my everyday experience and my small area of expertise. And I love that. And in the same way, a good personality framework lets you see what it might be like to experience the world through somebody else's eyes. It's such a great tool for building awareness and empathy. And they're both valuable for the same reason, both reading and studying these personality frameworks.
0: So I've been spending some time with these as well. Actually, when I was in Nashville at the Tribe Conference, a, a few of us sat around talking about the Enneagram, which I had not really uh, looked at. Although it was, re- it's really in the zeitgeist right now, especially in a certain. Yes, certain it age. is having a moment. It is. It is. Which so it, it, and it, you mentioned it in the book. There's several. Obviously Myers Briggs. There's a lot of the Strengths Finder, which was the one that was having the moment. I think before. Enneagram, <laughs> like I think there's, you know, which I think is when I said to Gretchen after I said Gretchen, I think that this is your. I mean, I know that the Happiness Project was is your big seller, but I think this is your legacy book. Like this is the book that I think people are going to go, oh, I've, I, you know, you're, it's going to be Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. Like I think that's what's going to happen there. But which of these personality like lenses let's use that as as the terminology here is the one that you kind of gravitate the most towards when you're like in your because you obviously you've had to look at all of them which is the one you go yeah you know this is the one that 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 I tend to look at more th- for myself than any of the others is there one
1: well before I get all wishy-washy on you let me start by saying I'm a nine okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what am I again I want to say someone said I think I'm a six I think I think. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've looked at it. I should look at it a bit deeper.
1: Like half of people are. So the odds are really quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm a nine. I don't want to make waves or ruffle any feathers. So um, no, I'm kind of kidding. Sort of, <laughs> mostly. I have had a moment with all the frameworks in, in this book, which is why they're there. Like When I was deciding which different frameworks to include, I decided because I had to decide somehow to include the ones that have made a huge difference in my own life personally. And I know that there are other people who have really resonated with other frameworks, but they're not in this book because they never really did it for me. Maybe Mm. they will in the future. Maybe, maybe I'll have my moment with, um, with disc or with the big five, but that hasn't happened yet. But there have been times in my life where understanding Kiersey's temperaments, or when I first learned about highly sensitive people, rocked my world in such a good way. Um, there was like a definite before and after. Like, I will never see things the same again. This is so much better. Thank you, Elaine, Aaron. But um, in the past few years, I've definitely been indebted to Myers-Briggs. Just a couple of years ago, I hired my first team members for my business and Myers-Briggs helped me so clearly see what I was really good at and what I needed to focus on and what did not come naturally to me that I really needed to try and hire people who compensated for my weakness in a really positive way. And that really informed a lot of that decision making. And a couple of years later, that has proven to be fantastic. All those people are still in place. It's worked out really well because they are bringing things to the table that I don't naturally have, um, I was going to say excel at, but have competence in, maybe mm-hmm. if put it. But also in my personal life, the past couple of years, the Enneagram has been really, really helpful. Just learning as a type nine without getting too like therapeutic on you, um, just understanding how as a nine, I'm inclined to have issues with things like um, personal boundaries has been really, really helpful to me. Not just in my personal life, also my profession, because you are who you are, no matter what time it is of the day or where you happen to be in the world. But it has been really insightful for me, and continues to be so. There's not a moment where you're like, "Oh, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm moving on." Like all these things continue to inform um, what I do and how I work and how I relate to the people I love. But, but the past years, those have been the most helpful.
0: You know what? I forgot. I'm a three. That's what it is. I have a six. I think it's the six and the nine and the three are kind yes. of all connected. I'm a three. Your
1: podcast is called the Productivity. Yeah, I'm a I mean, three. Yeah, of I, course you are.
0: Yeah, I'm a three, and I can't. The thing is, and there's a book that I was reading. Ian Cron, of course, talks about the Enneagram, which is where I picked it up. And uh, there, if you want to get into that, and let's—I mean, I'm going to focus on that for a second—is—is is, it's it, because it's the new hotness right now. Although it's not new; it's been around forever, uh, or at least for a really, really long time. It's just having its moment. Um, you could check out. There's there's a few podcasts. I'll put that in the show notes. You know, it, it's it's interesting because. Um, when I hired my, my assistant, we went through the disc test, like the DI, you know, the, which is another one. Um, and it was fascinating to me to see what, after looking after interviewing them and then looking at their disc results, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it helped me, I think that, that particular type of personality test helped me decide who I needed based on what they, what, what, what I needed in the moment for what they were good at. But I haven't, you know, one thing I haven't done, which is I think, Like you said, what you did is I need to do it on myself. I need to say, okay, you know what? Um, And Myers Briggs is one that I, you know, I don't, I can't remember the last time I did did a Strengths Finder a while ago, but I've, I've not, I've not used them as compasses so much, more as just hey, let's see what this is like. Do you find a lot of people just go, hey, let's just test, like it's a quiz. Like, it, I mean, there's a reason that BuzzFeed quizzes go like crazy right now. It's like, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, let's just see what I am and see how, but I don't think people go past that point. Do you think that there's a, there's a, like in your work when you were going through this, putting this book together, do you think there was a, there's maybe a reason behind that where people say, hey, I'm going to figure it out. And then, okay, that's good. I know what I am. And, and they don't dive really too much deeper into it.
1: I do know that there are truly certain personality types who are more interested in the realm of possibility and self-awareness and reflection than others. Like I'm an NF on the Myers-Briggs, so of course I wrote a book about personality. So that's not not everyone's natural inclination to really want to dig into this stuff, which is fine.
0: We're going to take a break here for a moment so I can talk a little bit about something that's happened recently on the show, and that is our addition to spotify i'm pretty excited about that it happened not too long ago and uh you know if you're listening to this as the episode comes out i'm really excited to be part of spotify so no matter what you're listening to uh podcasts on whether it's apple's podcast whether it's you know android no matter where you're listening now you can listen on spotify as well in fact a friend of mine uh, actually uses google home device to say hey spotify play the Productivityist podcast or play the latest episode of the Productivityist podcast and boom, it was there. And my voice was, uh, ringing in his ears or, uh, maybe a a nicer variant of that in his home. So, uh, I would love it if you are a Spotify user to jump onto Spotify and uh, subscribe to the show there. And if you're not, and you're not subscribed to the show already, you can do that in Apple's podcast. I use uh, you know, Overcast on my iPhone to listen to all the podcasts that, that I love, and there's so many out there. I, I probably should do an episode that just shares the podcast episodes that I like listening to. And then what I'd also love, if you're, if you're willing and able, I would love it if you would give the Productivities Podcast a rating and a review. In iTunes would be would be the best because that's honestly where most people are looking. Um, I don't know enough about Spotify to know if you could leave a rating and review in there at this point. But if you can, do that too. Ratings are great because it gives, you know, the the star ratings and it, it helps elevate the podcast in terms of that. But, you know, in order for us to really improve the show and make it better, it would be absolutely fantastic if you would leave a review as well. It'll show us what we're doing well, what we could improve on. And that's our goal is to make the show Better And you can help us do that by leaving a rating and review in iTunes, in Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to this podcast. So thanks so much. And now let's get back to the show. Now let's talk about how each of these personality uh, types, how the different types can approach productivity differently, because as you said, we are doing a productivity podcast. So... Let's talk about pe- the different types and how people approach productivity differently. Like you mentioned the, you know, me on the Enneagram, for example, being three. Like, yeah, that, that's a that's an achiever element, right? What are some of the things that you found that's maybe surprised you with how, you know, people that you wouldn't maybe maybe even yourself, that you're like, wow, this is how I approach productivity or time management or what have you. And and I'm able to get a lot of stuff done, but it seems kind of odd that you know they're either counterintuitive or or They don't really make a lot of sense when you don't look at them in in that, in that, through that lens for, for, for a manner of kind of relating to your book.
1: Yes. Well, since you mentioned the Enneagram, something interesting there is that the same activity can be extremely healthy for some types of people and a horrible coping mechanism for others or something that will make them want to curl up in the corner and cry if Mm. they keep at it. Um, So with a tight, well, And of course it depends with the Enneagram is tricky because it depends on your level of health, but it's interesting how the same behaviors can have very different motives and you need to know what your motives are in, in order to be truly
0: productive. Right. Right. Um, in a healthy, sustainable way, that's important. Sure. Like, and I think another thing I want to touch on is I read quiet by Susan Cain and it was really an eye opener and I know you talk about it It was because I, I thought of myself as an extrovert but I'm probably more of a pseudo extrovert. So, <laughs> so I I have this ability to, um, which again, lines up nicely with the three of uh, the Enneagram in a lot of ways, right? You know, the whole like this is, and then, you know, you kind of, when you're, when you're in private, there's a bit of a different thing going on. Like I need to, after I do a talk or, or something. I need to. I need to. I need to find a place to hide. And there's a part in Susan Cain's book where there's this professor who, on stage, you think he's the most extroverted person, but he spends what I think it was like a half hour or something like that in in the bathroom stall, either before or after, uh, something like that. I, you know, it's been a while since I read the book, <laughs> but it's like because he needs to have that. Um, how how do people? Uh, you know, in your in your book, you talk about the idea of of like how would you? Are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? Would you like would, or, or do, you, or you fall in my in my category, which is like a ambivert or a pseudo extrovert?
1: You know, it depends. It depends on what, on whose psychology you're currently reading. Okay. So, some people think the ambro, ambivert term is really useful, but Jung would say like that's garbage. You yeah. got to decide. Um, well, because like with the Myers Briggs, the introversion extroversion determines. Yep all your other traits so i talk about that in the book it's you're, really you, difficult to explain in 45 well seconds. and you've said but.
0: you're you said you're an introvert like that's the based I on myersberg yeah based on but then that leads to so many other things right that means it leads to so many other discoveries about how you relate with yourself and with others in a lot yes, of ways well. with,
1: here's the discovery that really helped me understand it better. So there are introverts and there are extroverts nouns, but those are also verbs. And we all spend time introverting and extroverting. So I am an introvert and I can extrovert really, really well. Like if we met at a party, you and I could talk and chat and we could both be friendly and bubbly. And anybody watching us would never know that we were both Mm -hmm. introverts because we look, you know, we are extroverting so skillfully, but but then if I spend too much time doing that, my fuel tank just yeah. gets so drained. And then I want to go curl up in my comfy chair and read my book for 150 pages and drink four cups of tea before I interact with another human being. Right. So we all do both, but we all have different personal levels of balance we need to maintain to feel happy and healthy and sane.
0: Yeah, like I have a number when I'm at a party, like we're having a party, actually, as we're recording this, it's just before the holidays and uh, the Christmas holiday season. And we're having a party on the 22nd, like a house party. And, uh, you know, you, you put the invite out of Facebook and the, the, the ratio is normally 25% of the people that you invite show up. No, we're looking at about 40 to 50% of the people at this point. And my brain is starting to go, OK, well, when, when does the party end? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like, which is which is not like, and I'm the host, so it's like, and I can't just go hide in my office and things like that. Like that's just not what you do. But I mean, I've uh, I have a number in mind. Like if we're at a dinner, um, and it's people that I don't know, uh, like, and I've been at meetups and things like that. Uh, it depends on a few factors. Number one, it depends on who, how many people are there, and then it actually depends on the way that the the table or the the environment is arranged. If it's a circular table. I'm much, much, much more at ease because I, you know, you get to see everybody. But if it's a square table or like a rectangular table, uh, it makes it much harder for me to to I, I I then revert to being more of an intro. Like I will talk to that one person that's across from me or maybe the person next to me. But then everybody else at the end of the table doesn't really exist. It's so it, I, I think like what you're saying it, it depends on circumstance and and both internal and external, right?
1: Yes. And are you? Are you a naturally loud person?
0: Yeah, I'd say so. You okay. know, I mean, I'm. I, what, well, then that
1: doesn't go with my theory, because I was thinking that only loud people really do well at square
0: tables. No, Cause... I can be loud. I mean, I've got theater voice. I mean, I can do that. <laughs> I, can, I can, you There's know, voice. I mean, there have been instances where people said the mic's not working. I'm like, not not a problem. I, I'll be fine. <laughs> um, but but I, but again, it's for me, it's more about the connection than the the you know, like being able to kind of. Over the years, I've gotten much more conscious about the eye to eye like contact and being more focused on that because w- there's so much noise around us, right? And and I th- and I while I can deal with the noise and, and occasionally you know thrive in it, um, I I don't I don't like it. I don't I prefer and I, I think this comes as you get you know go, get older and 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 have more. Put yourself in a position where you have more choices is you can say, no, I don't want to do that anymore. And I think that's kind of where I'm like, you know, I mean, I was at a, a a gathering. It was at a pub. So the pub was already loud. And then there was about 10 or 12 people at the table. And eventually I just said, yeah, you know what? I'm leaving. And it wasn't like uh, I just I just said, yeah, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to go. I, I made up some. I made up some half-hearted excuse. It wasn't, it wasn't a lie because I was tired, Uh, but it was, you know, if if the tables were circular, if it was a quiet environment, that would Mm -hmm. have changed my experience, which is, which is why, like, I've been exploring things like dinner parties. Like, the reason we're hosting this party is because it's going to allow me to do two things. One, have that one face-to-face connection, because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, I work on the internet. I mean, there's, I mean, I get the face to face time I get is normally through Skype or Zoom or, you know, when I go to a conference, it's a lot of my friends don't live in Victoria, British Columbia, but, but so I wanted to have something local. And then I wanted to bring the people from the different spectrums of my life, right? Like my, the, the parents from the, the the school, uh, my friends from, you know, when I did theater, my business friends and bring them all in one place because Then I almost wanna I almost want to see how that all goes down. Like, do these people know each other? I mean, we're in a small city, it's likely that people know each other. But um I don't want but but I wanna have an element of control over that environment. Like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yes, it does to me. And oh, what you're saying is giving me flashbacks to when I had two hours in a remote part of town, out of town, mostly far from my home where I, I needed to kill time before mm-hmm. I needed to pick up a kid. And so I went to this Starbucks that usually plays like Bonavair, just kind of chill. You know, this is your, this is your office away from home music. And instead they were playing like the run, run Rudolph Pandora station. Uh-huh. And I needed to think. And I, I mean, I knew enough about my my personality and the way I'm wired to realize I am not going to be able to be productive in this scenario. Mm -hmm. Plenty of people were there getting what appeared to be plenty of work done, but just knowing that about yourself, what the kind of environment you need in order to do your best work, or we were talking about introversion, extroversion, like the kind of balance you need to maintain so that you can actually, I mean, literally think about what you're doing and what needs to be done and manage yourself well during your workday. Like those are huge tools of self awareness.
0: So let's, let's talk about stepping back because I think this is something that people don't do is the people who take the the quizzes, they see them, they like, Oh, you know, I want to know, but they don't take time to step back and reflect on it, or they don't take time to analyze it or, or dig deep. And because I think a lot of people look at these as qualitative, not necessarily how they can mm-hmm. help you quantitatively, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, when, when when you're working with people or even through through your book, like, and this relates definitely to productivity, is how do you say, okay, look, I know that this may not seem to be something that will result in qu- something that you can actually physically touch, like this quantitative kind of, look, this is going to help you earn more money or manage your time better. or But if you sit with it, no matter which and the great thing is is you offer so many different options in this book. It's not like you have to do all of them, which is what I like. It's like, oh, I really only want to focus on Strengths Finder. I want to focus on, you know, Myers Briggs. That's where I want to go. Uh, mm-hmm. how do you how do you like, how do you recommend people kind of get into this so that they can actually leverage it in a way that gives them results that tangible outco- results that they can build upon as opposed to something that's just a little bit out of reach in, in terms of how they how they think about these kind of things.
1: Yeah, I really think what it takes is one personal moment where understanding something about personality, their own or someone else's, really makes an actual difference in their lives. And that's, I mean, that's pretty low-hanging fruit. Mm. But a lot of people are like, yeah, no, 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 that's navel-gazing, it's not for me. But if they persist just a little bit and have that experience where, um, like somebody read my book and they said, okay, on page two of the chapter about highly sensitive people... I feel like I finally understand my mother for the first time. And I'm 39 years old, like everything from my childhood makes so much more sense. And that was reading two pages. So just anytime somebody has this aha moment where they look at a situation, in their life, whether it's about themselves or a person they love or a person they work with, and they can say, Oh, I get it now. Like I understand what's really going on. And once you understand what's happening, you can actually do something about it. then, then they're eager to hear more because they see the difference it makes and how it's not hard. And you don't necessarily have to like turn your life upside down, but just having the eyes to see the situation for what it really is. First of all, makes you feel um, like you're not crazy, which is always a wonderful feeling, but also you can't do anything about the situation until you know what's actually going on. Like once you diagnose it, you can see how to move forward. It's not hard to do, but... You you do need to use a tool that's not currently in your tool belt. So you mm-hmm. gotta pick it up and try.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it, and so I'm gonna challenge people before we wrap up is number one, pick up this book, Reading People, How Seeing the World Through the Lens of Personality Changes Everything. Number two, the next time you're you're thinking, Oh, I read an article about Strengths Finder, I read an article about the Enneagram, or I've listened to, or I'm listening to this show right now, and one of these personality tests kind of intrigue me. Do the test, but then sit with it. Like take the time to actually do the the other work because I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Is I'll take you know oh the when I was when I was in the heart of Nashville Tennessee in Franklin specifically and the Enneagram was everywhere. I sat with it briefly there and then, you know, basically haven't looked at it much since then. And and I, I think that you, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, if you want to learn a language, you need to, you need, it needs measured progress. You can't just say, okay, well, I got this. And that's, that's the end of it. Would you, as we, as we wrap up, is that something that you would recommend as well as just to say, Hey, you know, don't just look at like, get introspective about this stuff on your own, like take some time and like, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, doing like a weekly review or something like that, like this could be part of that.
1: Yeah. And I would say that a big problem for a lot of people with the personality typing stuff, especially if they see it on the internet Mm. is that they've typed themselves incorrectly or the information. I mean, there is great information on the internet, but it's mixed in with a whole lot of either useless or in fact, wrong. So make sure you've really typed yourself correctly and that you're getting information from a reliable source. I explain in the book how to make sure you actually get your Myers-Briggs type right. There's so much confusion on that. And, um, it it can't be helpful to you unless you actually are able to correctly get your type and understand what's going on. I'll do Although I do think there's a lot of value in the reflective process of trying to identify it. But if you just took a quiz that took you three minutes on the internet, you read the description or like, eh, I don't know if this is for me. Then, you're not really doing it justice. So if it's, it's not surprising if it wouldn't be helpful to you. And I got my own type wrong for a really long time. And I talk about that in the book, how and why that happened. But basically I was answering those survey questions, um, with the kind of person I wanted to be and not the kind of person I was. And so it did me no good for many, many years. But once you actually understand your type and no matter what framework we're talking about, um, only then can it begin to really make a difference in your life. And I would also encourage you, I, I share my seven favorites in the book, the ones that have made a big difference to me, but I would say pick one mm. and go from there.
0: Yeah. That, and that's, that's, that's a classic uh, thing that we tend to do. We try we, If we don't get the result we want out of one, mm-hmm. well, then we tend to move on to another one so that we can get the result that we actually, like you said, that we want to be. So... Excellent stuff here. And thanks so much for joining me today. Where can people find you and your work online? And by the way, there's going to be some bonus material for our members. So if you're a member, uh, Anne's going to stick around and do a little bit more for members of that community. But where can people find you if they want to learn more other than getting the book, which is going to be in the show notes as well, the link to get that.
1: You can find me on my podcast, What Should I Read Next, which is book talk, reading recommendations and literary matchmaking every Tuesday. And my hub online is my blog, modernmrsdarcy.com.
0: Thanks for joining me, Anne.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks to Anne for joining me on the show. Hopefully you've got a sense, maybe you know what personality type you are and you want to be able to kind of get a sense of how to read people better. So Uh, Or you want to be able to just read people better, not knowing what your your personality type is. Pick up this book, Reading People, How Seeing the World Through the Lens of Personality Changes Everything. And uh, all the links are in the show notes, of course. And, you know, reading, I mean, her reading lists are great, Uh, you know. I think that reading is something that we need to, we need to take time to do. We, we just really need to. And no matter what time of year you're listening to this, whether it's the start of the year, the middle of the year, remember, I'm a big believer in you can start the year you want any time you want. Reading should be a part of that. And I'm glad that Anne was able to come and join me on the show. Big thanks to her. Big thanks to John Polstra for editing this episode and so many other episodes of the show as the producer. And big thanks to you for joining me this week on the show. Of course, there is a bonus episode. So if you are a member of the Productivityist community, go to productivityist.com membership to get more bonus episodes, not just with Ann Bogo, but with a whole bunch of other people and a whole bunch more beyond that. So that's it for this week. I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist Podcast and founder of Productivityist, reminding you, stop guessing and start going.